living through a silent epidemic of loneliness, which I know sounds like a lot, but I really think that we're across multiple generations, we're being separated more and more and we're isolated more and more. And so even though it's the paradox of having more access to information and having more access to tools that connect us, ironically, we, we end up feeling more isolated than we ever have before in a time where families used to live together in one unit in in ways that you know towns used to stay together right hey parents welcome back to parenting on purpose your podcast for finding purpose in the parenting journey and enjoying enjoying the journey. I'm really excited today, guys. I actually have a mutual friend of my husband and mine here today, Vadim. Vadim, how are you? Hey, Caitlin. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm awesome. So happy happy to have you. You're uh, incredible. My husband and I just got to spend a weekend with Vadim a few weeks ago, and it always uh, is so nice to have a dad's perspective on the show. Um, It's always so nice to just see what other people are doing out there. So I'm really excited to introduce you guys, uh, introduce you to our audience. So uh, Vadim comes from the biotech space. He was actually an executive at the uh, very large biotech industry for our health. We cannot say which uh, company that was, just kidding. Um, but, and now he's uh, moved uh, into a co-founder role for Blossom and Beam, which is an all natural cosmetics and health company that he has actually co-founded with his beautiful 11 year old daughter. So that is such an inspiring and cool story, uh, very similar to mine and Shekinah. So I'm really excited to chat and get into that story. Uh, Before I do that, I do wanna have one housekeeping item. Uh, Guys, if you guys enjoy this content, I I would love for you to check out the link down below. We are supported by our Mighty Morsels uh, branch, which is our all natural, uh, high protein, high plant-based protein and low sugar kid snack. And we're so excited to be able to bring you this content and get incredible speakers like Vadim here to give us some information. So uh, if you enjoy the content and you're looking for good, healthy options for your kids that are gonna keep them nice and fueled and ready for fun adventures, uh, check out Mighty Morsels. We'd really appreciate the support there down below. All right, Vadim, I'm excited. Um, So why don't we just jump into it? Tell us a little bit about your story, your background, um, how you and your beautiful daughter came to uh, develop this brand, and we'll just have fun and kind of play from there. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, Caitlin, I'm super excited to get our uh, package of Mighty Morsels. I'm I'm counting the days. So I think it's just such an awesome idea because I can't tell you how many times me and my daughter been on long hikes, right? And I end up uh bringing a ham and cheese sandwich that's all like melted by the time we get up to the top and stuff like that so um really excited for that thank you so much for the support you guys are awesome i know you were in our first group of customers so i was like yeah yeah the best i wish we had hikes in florida we have walks (laughs) yes well no in florida i'm not gonna do i'll take a walk anytime or swim not a hike i'm jealous Um, of your topography but thank you again for your support for sure, for sure. So, I mean, my story, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. I never expected to be in this space. Um, I grew up, you know, I have a mixed background. I have, you know, I grew up coding. I spent a lot, you know, most of my career working in healthcare and public health. And then, you know, with biotech companies and, you know, pharmaceutical companies, really thinking about how we can develop medicines uh, to treat patients, right? And get those medicines to people who need them most. Um, but then, you know, I was looking to spend time with my daughter. She just, you know, graduated from middle school and, you know, in a span of a month, she got interested. All of a sudden it's like, you know, we're buying dresses, we're thinking about makeup, 
dealing all this, you know, with all this stuff. And really, you know, as a parent, you always think that, okay, like I got things under control, I got things under control. And then, oof, you know, like you turn a corner and they're like, I got nothing under control. Uh, so I was trying to, what's that? She's a woman. What happened here? <laughs> right, exactly. And um, so I've been trying to kind of figure that out and figure out my place in that as a dad, right? I obviously want to keep spending time with her and, you know, do things together. So uh, we started, you know, learning more about, you know, um, lip glosses, makeup, skin creams, all this stuff that all of a sudden she wanted to get. She was interested in, you know, her and her friends are trading tips in school and all this stuff. I'm just trying to keep up. And out of curiosity, you know, I started looking at the ingredient lists and it didn't take long for me to figure out like, holy cow, like a lot of this stuff is bad for anyone, but especially bad for uh, young women who are developing, whose hormonal systems are developing, right? Whose reproductive systems are developing, um, as well as, you know, young boys as well, by the way. And it made me reflect on my own kind of journey, right? When I started using my first, you know, deodorants and stuff like that. Um, there are a lot of things that we didn't know back then. So, yeah. you know, we started, you know, figuring out, okay, can we do it our own way and and you know we quickly googled some DIY recipes and started doing things at home and making little lip balms and lip glosses and stuff like that putting it into little kind of uh, containers that she could bring into school and share with her friends and you know it just kind of made me think can we is there something here um and can we start something together and so we started blossom and beam she's my co-founder she's the chief product officer uh she's in charge of the you know all the different things that you know that makes sense for this you know whether or not it's actually going to be a product that people need um or want and um i'm basically helping her realize that vision so we're looking to create the cleanest possible products that are also environmentally sustainable, uh, no single use plastics, no negative environmental impact, and really to demystify the whole makeup industry for other dads who are in similar position like me. I love this. There's so much to unpack in this, in this story. And there's so many similarities between obviously my story with my daughter, uh, who's our co-founder as well. Um, and I love that you give your daughter a part as like the chief product officer. Um, have you put on lip gloss yet? I just want to ask. There was a time. Yes. So yes, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Yes. I love it. That's amazing. You know what? Any secure man will wear lip gloss for their child. For their, hey, for their anytime. <laughs> anytime. Um, but one of the things that really strikes me, there's so much here, Vadim. This is why Monroe and I really enjoy your company and, and learning um, what you're, what you guys are doing is you are very intentional with the way that you're doing this as uh, a way to bring you and your daughter closer together as a way for you to teach her some of the foundational um, structures of life that you want to instill in her some of the morals and i just think that you know we're all about parenting on purpose so i think that is just incredible if you don't mind i know you and i chatted a lot um both in person and then before this call about family optimization um, yeah. we're really big on um, just that intentionality. I would love to learn a little bit about the um, foundational pieces or maybe some of the some of the um, life skills that you're hoping that she or morals that you're hoping that you know you wanted to instill in her through this journey and then maybe what you've seen so far um, as you guys have developed this. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I love uh, the family optimization. I'm, I'm going to credit you with that term. 
because I think it's awesome. And maybe someday we'll have our own kind of category in the in Walmart or somewhere that's like the family optimization aisle. Um, so I really love that. I think really, you know, if I was to break it down, I'll bring it I'll break it down into two parts, the physical wellness and mental emotional wellness, right? As I think about modern families, right? It kind of falls into one of those two buckets. And in health, I think there's for me as a parent, there's been a lot of more awareness into things that we put into our bodies and things that we give to our families, to our family members. So, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about my own health uh, for, you know, since I was probably, you know, in my mid 20s. I'm, if you met me in my middle, mid 20s, I probably was in worse physical shape and worse mental shape by far than I am now. And um, I really didn't understand anything about nutrition. And I thought like I could go for a little bit of a run, uh, but then I would come home and eat all sorts of like stuff that I actually thought was, I thought salad dressing was good for you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of education that I had to go through myself of figuring out, oh my God, like why does bread have sugar in it, right? Like all this type of um, questions. And now that I educated myself a little bit on that, um, I tried to think how do I, uh, impart that or, you know, help influence both my, you know, my daughter, but also my parents, because now I think we're at that point where, you know, I'm parenting a child, but I'm also, and I mean this in the most, in the best way possible, I'm also starting to parent my parents more than the other way around. And so I think a lot of how can I help them make informed choices without it being, um, uh, without it being at like top down, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, I just love that you go there because I think there's so, that's such an underserved part of the family unit. And when we think about, uh, at least I think about our, our family, like my parents are such an integral part of our, our unit and they're so supportive and, uh, you know, the Sunday dinners and, um, but as our parents age and, you know, maybe if you're listening, maybe your parents are there, maybe they're not yet, but they do start to need some additional support and, they also very much like a teenager, very much want to feel autonomous, want to feel important, want to feel like their um, experiences in life had value. And uh, that's just such a great point. I, I love that. Uh, I love that you that you include that and that you're so mindful of it. I can learn a lot from that for sure. No, thank you so much. I haven't figured it all out yet. Uh, if you do let me know, and I, I'll definitely do the same. Uh, but, you know, the thing about health is that it's not just, you know, I, I try to take a very much an engineer's mindset. I'm like, okay, we're going to isolate the problem, then we could solve it. But it really doesn't work like that. Uh, because all of that, it um, overlaps with lifestyle, it overlaps with culture, you know, uh, et cetera, right? So there's a lot there and, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I think the second part of that, you know, that I mentioned is the emotional health. And I think this is really where we kind of overlook this in today's day and age, although I hope there's going to be more awareness of it. But, you know, I really think that uh, we're kind of living through a silent epidemic of loneliness, which I know sounds like a lot, but I really think that we're across multiple generations, we're being separated more and more, and we're isolated more and more. And so even though it's the paradox of having more access to information and having more access to tools that connect us, 
ironically, we, we end up feeling more isolated than we ever have before in a time where families used to live together in one unit wow. in, in ways that, you know, towns used to stay together, right? Pe uh, people wouldn't move around. Um, so that's something that I'm thinking through a lot about as well and thinking through how can we bring families closer again, without it being like a top down thing, like you have to do wow. this. Yeah. Wow. But really like think about the emotional health, because that's something, you know, um, as someone who has worked in, uh, with, with medicines and public health, yeah, yeah. that's not something you could put in a pill, right? That's not something you could put in an app. Um, I really think that has to be a very, um, bottoms up effort. Um, but that to me is one of the things that I worry about over the next 10, 20 years socially, um, because I fear that, um, as people get more socially isolated, that actually does have public health outcomes where, mm -hmm. you know, there's all sorts of studies and, you know, um, chronic diseases, mortality of like where people. Um, who don't have that social support actually experience a harder um, kind of health, worst out health outcomes, basically, as they get older. Uh, yeah, one absolutely feeds the other. I think that's incredibly accurate. Wow, that's so crazy. It, um, it, it scares you. And then it also makes me really grateful that there's people like you who are focusing on that as a overarching vision to their company and how they want to use that to weave in, you know, making a difference. Um, one thing I, t I teach my daughter when we decided to do this venture is like, I don't want to just do this to make money because like I, I earnestly in my heart feel like we're at a bifurcation and like, there's going to be like the companies that just continue the way they always have like money for money's sake, power. And then there's gonna be the more conscious version of that break that are like really trying to push forward the change they want to see in the world. And at, like you, I wanted my daughter to gain life skills through this venture and to also um uh, efficacy skills like i want her to go i'm okay that she goes to college i want her to go to college i think it's a very fun experience i don't want her to have to rely on college to think that i need to do one to get to the other i want her to have a business that's bringing in passive income and she can put it into rentals or whatever as she goes through college so now she has the benefit of one but she mm -hmm. doesn't rely on it as like this is my identity and i'm only good like I, you know, I was talking to my nephew this weekend. It's like the SATs, and then there's this. Like, there's always something in these kids' lives that they have to accomplish or get for them to feel value. And when mm -hmm. I reflect, like you, we're also very reflective. Um, like, you know, think of like my three-year-old, for example. Like, they wake up, they get pushed to this, and they get pushed to this, and they're pushed to school, and they're pushed here. It's very like to your point. There's not a lot of time for them to like regulate all this stuff they have going on. Um, so to to kind of bring that back. I, like you, am very intentional that I want her to have some um, core values coming through this. And one of those is, you know, you don't have to profit um, by degradating something else. You can find the common link that's going to enhance all pieces and, and, you know, two plus two equals three synergy kind of thing. So what we've decided to do in our brand is, um, like you, we use only sustainable sourcing material. Um, and then we also want to, we're also giving a portion of the proceeds of everything we get away to organizations that benefit kids. Um, yeah. it's that tithing, it's that as you don't have to get to a certain place to then help you can, you can do it at the same time. So those are some of the core fundamentals, but then there's also the tactical stuff about business, right? Like, um, 
getting a, a, a social following, the um, the PL statements, what's, what are you bringing in versus you bringing out the logistics? Just those small things are so eye opening for a kid and their brains are wired to like bring all yeah. this stuff in, right? Um, so I think entrepreneurialism is so cool. I know they're starting to teach it in colleges. And my nephew and I were just talking about that because he's going through his college application process, but also just doing it with your kids, like failing yeah. forward so that your kids can work through those belief barriers so that when they're adults, they don't have them. And it's super important. A hundred percent. I think um, what you're doing is spot on. Um, I'm, I think a lot about the same, the same exact things and, um, you know, the same things that I communicated to my daughter as well, because I want her to know how to fish and I don't want her to be, um, you know, there's a phrase like living paycheck to paycheck. What I see when people are uh, successful professionally, they have the luxury of not living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe they have a little bit of savings saved up, but they're still living job to job, meaning that if they lose a job, if the, you know, uh, if they're part of a layoff, et cetera, maybe they have a few months where they can take a breather, right? Which is fantastic. And that's in itself a luxury that most people don't have um, in this world. But after that, eventually they have to go and get another job, right? And, you know, what I would love to teach my daughter is to be able to say that, look, I can be self-sufficient. And if I want that corporate job, and if I find a company that, you know, where the mission is aligned to what I want to do, or I'm, you know, I'm learning critical skills there by all means, right? But know that there's also a different way of doing it, that you can fish for yourself and also empower other people to do that, which I think is um, in all the uh, kind of entrepreneurial circles, right? Not in all of them, you really talk about that, right? There's, you know, you can make a few bucks on the side, but what you're doing really is if you open up your own restaurant or if you, you know, buy a business, right? Or if you start your own business, you're actually bringing hopefully value into other people's lives. And that I think is really powerful to teach a child to see that you could be an agent of change in other people's life. That's a positive thing. The first time I've ever heard that concept, weirdly enough, was in um, uh, like the acting world where mm. it would be like good actors or um, uh, actresses and they would go into parts and say like, here's the script, here's the part I want. Um, but if you don't pick me or if you don't do this, I'm walking away with it and I don't need this money. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, like however you feel about, you know, certain political parties. That's I really respected that about Trump. He's like, look, I don't need your money as a uh, affiliate this is what I'm coming in with. I'm self-funded and here's the change I want to make, right? Like regardless mm -hmm. of what you feel, I think I thought that was very admirable and it teaches yep. children to serve, have a servant's heart. It's that, um, now this is definitely not in the same political vein as that last statement, but this is, um, it, it's like you, you show up to serve and by doing so you're creating, uh, like you said, you're creating an agent that you can benefit from, but so can other people. Yeah. There's also like a kind of a spiritual component to that. Like when you start something for a need, like I need this, I just feel like you don't have the same totality or maybe you don't show up as whole because you're in like a limited mind frame of reality. Like you're kind of like very focused in on what you, you don't have or what you're trying to get for your benefit. But when you really show up to listen and to serve, um, I know in our own journey through talking to our customers, it's really helped us to understand like what type of packaging a resealable, mm -hmm. something as simple as a resealable pouch. People are like, I, I throw away so much. It's so frustrating. I really didn't understand how 
people shared my frustration. I thought I was like the only person I buy all this stuff and then like I'm giving it away or giving it to food banks. And, um, and it's just cause it's resealable. Like how hard is that? So that, that part's been really cool, but seeing my daughter learn that stuff has uh, been even more amazing. And then watching her take those applications and use them in life. Oh, that was so cool. I really enjoyed that too. It's fun to watch them, right? Develop as, as little people. <laughs> because I think this is all like what we're, I think if done right, right? All of this stuff is the, how we're hardwired in the beginning. You know what I mean? Like it's the more not like living in a, in a way in like in a scarcity mindset where it's like, I'm going to take this so that you don't have it. Right. Or like, I'm going to take what's mine. To me, that's more unnatural, right? I think kids, I don't know, maybe this is naive, right? But I think kids have more of an abundant mindset mm -hmm. in the beginning and are taught the scarcity mindset as they grow up, maybe from their parents or just communities um, or, you know, life experiences. But I think there's something childlike in that, you know, approach of abundance to say that, you know, I'm going to put something out into the world. I'm not going to take, I'm going to create something that's going to be kind of self-sustaining and be positive for other people. Not that I'm going to take something so that I could buy a new car or that, you know, I could get a new set of clothes. I feel like parents can learn so much from children. Like if you, like you watch a kid, like a three-year-old and a 15-year-old, but kids like to create. Um, especially up until their teenage years. And now the, the paradigm of reality is starting to like solidify around them. But creation is fun. It's not creating for a profit. It's creating to express your unique disposition, your unique perspective, just, just to use what you have to make something. And when we get into this crazy, you know, we learn through school and jobs and college and all that stuff to now trade time for money and we put the the finite value on something that is really invaluable you cannot put a a price tag on it yet we let them my my um cousin is a broadway dancer and she now owns a studio and she um very health minded has a lot of like uh has a lot of health uh people that follow her for this reason she posted this something i loved the other day it was about water it's like water is something that is a free resource by and large right but you, when you go to the grocery store, it's, you know, $2. When you go to the airport, it's $5. When you go to a concert, it's $10. What changes? Is it, the, is it the contents of the water? No. It's it's like a value you're placing on it. And then there was a tie-in to, like, how do you value yourself? Um, and mm -hmm. I, really, I really love that, especially for young children, because you can only be given the value that people place upon you. And if you're like, this is not the container, I'm not choosing to, to have that mm -hmm. value, you are an invaluable resource. So I say all that, but what I learned from watching kids create is that adults, we're just like disorganized or not, like, we're just like um, kids who have like lost our way, but we still like to create. That's why we're going out to do the thing, build the business, mm -hmm. um, you know, create the gym, make the podcast, write the blog. It's that same innate desire to mm -hmm. express oneself. So instead of using it as like a way to separate ourselves from our children if we can come in alignment and and create i think there's so much more in common there and those are the things that cost nothing and yeah. don't maybe they don't make you a profit but good goodness do they make you a more happy and pleasurable human being and, and in my mind when you have that alignment you're going to go out and make more money you're going to go out and do the thing because you have the confidence and you have the fun and you have the full 
part and you're not in that limited perspective. Exactly. You're not looking over your back because there's no wrong answer in that, in that type of scenario. I, I completely agree. I think uh, that's one of the things I wish growing up uh, they taught, you know, I think this is maybe changing now, but I, I, I wish they would have taught business as a creative art, right? Oh. Because it was when I was growing up, it's like always, and I was into um, creative stuff, right? I used to paint, I, you know, my dream was to be a, you know, a writer, right? So for me, it was always like, okay, there's the creative stuff here. And then there's business stuff, right? Because I, you know, I wanted to do all that. But also my dream was, you know, I'm gonna start, you know, because I was into tech. Growing up, I'm like, okay, I want to be the next like Steve Jobs, right? As everyone would. Um, and I could never quite reconcile the two things because I'm like, well, if I want to do business, I have to give up all this other creative stuff that I love to do. Um, and it took me a really long, I only re just recently figured it out that it's actually part of the same thing. And it all comes from the same place. And the people for whom it's a creative pursuit, those are the ones, as you're saying, like are the most successful. Yeah. Ironically, right? It's, they figured it out, right? And it's like, yeah. this is why this is why I kind of like to break the paradigm. Like my daughter is in um, a private homeschool situation because yeah. every kid unique, every situation unique, right? But for her, what I recognize is she's so special. She's hearing me, by the way. She's making lunch. So I love you. Uh, she's so special and she's so unique. I do not want her to try and fit in a box. She's yeah. not going to fit in a box. And if if she tries and she and she succeeds, she just has lost something that it'll take her 20 years to, to try and regain, which is kind of what you and I are going through that self-discovery of. But if as parents, if we just have a little bit more awareness, and it doesn't mean to take your kid out of school or make an extreme measure. It can just be like having a conversation with them or engaging in something they enjoy. You can just break that paradigm for them a little bit for them to, to, to keep that. You just save them 20 years when they're older. They don't have to redo that work. Um, and like, again, I'm very, very grateful for our generation before us and what they were able to do. They were doing the best they can, but I think it's our, it's our play to do better. We have, it's Maslow's hierarchy, right? Or yeah. triangle. So now we have the responsibility to use what we have and not just go buy crap, but make the world a better place because of it. Um, I don't think that's important. I did want to shift gears for a second and talk about the um, underserved population of fathers and what yeah. type of change you're trying to drive there, because I think that is incredibly unique. And I also, I, and it is also something I'm seeing on a lot of people's hearts, a lot of very talented men like you who've been coming into our awareness and space recently on our show are making similar changes. So um, mm. I just think that's awesome. Like just, it's like the hero of the family unit, like stepping up, it like makes my heart so happy. Um, please speak on that a little bit, like what you notice, what type of change you're trying to drive, anything would be great. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks so much for that. How much time do we have? <laughs> I could talk yeah. about this for like a week. Uh, yeah, no, just, yeah, whatever's on your heart, yeah. we're good. We're good with that. No, no. Um, so, I mean, this is a topic that's, like, that's very near and dear to me. I spent a lot of time thinking about how, well, one, recognizing the unmet need both, you know, physical and emotional uh, for men, especially as they get older. And, you know, going back to what I mentioned earlier about emotional health and feeling isolation um, and also how to help them be more connected and present with the people around them. Right. And that includes friends and family, um, you know, from different areas of life. Um, you know, as so I'm a single dad, and I'm fortunate, you know, I say that uh, recognize that I'm actually fortunate to have a very 
um, awesome and healthy relationship with my daughter's mom and, you know, their family. And, you know, I think we co-parent in um, a really nice way. Uh, but as a single dad, I try to figure out, you know, one, how can I be more connect, you know, as connected with my daughter as I can be, especially when we don't see each other. But also I've, you know, been on this journey for a while and, you know, I've spoken to a lot of other dads who are in different points of their journey, a lot of single dads. And I recognize how difficult that journey has can be and how isolated men feel in that journey, especially when they're parenting by themselves, especially when they're trying to reboot their life, you know, you know, after being married for, you know, 20 years or so. Right. Um, and so that to me is, again, I feel like it's um, almost like, and I think we, we've, uh, we've talked about this before, really called this the silent epidemic of, you know, men in general, whether or not they're single dads or not, where I, I feel like in today's society, men, in particular are growing more isolated and more alone um, emotionally. And I feel like that is a really unmet need. And so I've been thinking for a very long time of how do we address this again? How do we do this in a healthy bottoms up way, not in a top down way? And, you know, that's actually where the idea for Blossom and Beam came out because ironically what, you know, instead of, giving men a product like, hey, here's a new shaving cream, here's an axe, here's like a new pair of boots. Let's make this fun. And let's help men reconnect with their daughters. Let's help men be the best dads that they can be. And let's change the conversation about cosmetics in general, by bringing in a whole new um, population segment, really in it, like if we want to get our business hat on, right. But really, it's about kind of helping, like serving men and especially the single dads who you know who like me have awesome daughters that they want to raise to be the next generation of uh amazing women and how can we give them the tools to do that uh so yeah so that's kind of the yeah that's it's like instead of giving them a product you're giving them a purpose you're giving them an yes. area to engage and be um the divine masculine for their daughter and help educate them i think that's that's so good it's so interesting. This, I don't know what this is even called. I know it's going to be a huge topic. You're very insightful with me. I really enjoy talking with you. I know Monroe and I feel the exact same way. Your whole thing on like the mental health, um, where we're going, how we used to be like a very um, communal society. We used to live in tight quarters. It used to take, you know, it takes a village, right? Yeah. And anybody in a nuclear type family where it's like four walls and just a family or in whatever number of people that is, they'll tell you like, it's challenging to raise a kid with just a mom and dad. Um, when our parents come over, like that perspective of aunts and uncles and grandparents is, it's just so much more forgiving and chill and allows more flow. So I, I so agree with you on everything you're saying. And I think that it's going to be interesting to watch over the next 10, 15 years as these things come to the forefront, but to the underserved male population component of it. Like my husband and I talk about this is the weirdest stuff that we talk about, but it's probably why we have a great friendship. But I think society has started to like uh, demasculize, emasculize, I don't know the right word, men in a lot of ways. Like it was all about like empowering women to be as good as men and X, Y, and Z. And I, there's nothing wrong with anybody reaching their full potential. But in doing so, um, I, I, I know in our own relationship and marriage, we'll just be honest, we have to work very, very hard to make sure 
that he gets to be the leader and, and have the voice because um, we're both very assertive. We're both um, out to make a lot of change in this world. And yeah. um, there are a lot of times where I feel like, okay, maybe that's not the decision I would make, but that's okay because he needs to have that space that that's his creative space. And mm-hmm. if I don't give him the space to do that, like, I'll give you an example and then we can move on. But I've really had to relearn what femininity means, right? As a woman growing up, it was very much like tied to how your body looks and the way people react to you. And then your um, potency in terms of what you can go out and get from the world. Um, And unfortunately, like there's a very big missing piece to that. Um, Was when you think of like femininity in general, it's like the womb where the creation comes from. And Mm -hmm. now I understand that through my silence, and and this is not like a diminutive silence, like this is a a chosen through me allowing my daughter, my son, my husband to stand on their own and not have to overbear. I am allowing that creation to come through. And it's incredible when we, when I do that, the self-reflection I get from it and what happens. Like in a lot of cases, if I don't interject in my children with what I think they're going to, because like I want to correct them. And what I'm realizing is if I just listen and allow Mm -hmm they are doing the best they can and their true intentions come out and then I learn something from it. And it's very similar with the family dynamic with the masculine thing. So we talk about it a lot and it's um, it's so cool to hear that there are other mindful people out there that understand that it's um, very prevalent in our society and even cooler that you're using it to give men a platform to, to kind of speak. I really hope you create some kind of community where these, uh, these gentlemen can get together and, and really like be dads and talk about that and the struggles. Cause I think you're right. There's a, a there's going to be lots unpacked there and a lot of healing and by healing them, you're really helping the next generation who comes through them. Right. Absolutely. And I think there's so much that you said that, you know, we can unpack and so rich, uh, but it's really, you know, what you mentioned about masculinity and femininity and how we balance that in our households. How do we balance that as a society? Um, I think to, be, I guess, kind to ourselves. I think where we are now, we have to recognize that we're in a different place than maybe our parents were, than our grandparents were. And really, we don't have a playbook for how to to operate as men and women in today's day and age. I think a lot of um, things have happened over the past 50 years that were super positive, right? As a father of a daughter, I'm so glad that she's being raised in 2023 and not 1953. But that being said, right, I think... um, we, um, I think there's a lot of potential to also make sure that um, kind of the dialogue remains open, right, between men and women, b- between all of us as a society. And this is, you know, um, uh, kind of something I think about as well, be- where we're constantly now, we're so polarized, everything is so politicized. Yeah. Um, and I think we all do ourselves a disservice through that because we don't have a conversation, we just have a shouting match. Um, and then, you know, I think there's a lot to say that you could have, um, you could recognize men and families, you could recognize men in society, you can empower men without disempowering women. And I think that it feels like that's a controversial thing to say. Um, but I think there's a lot there and it, it could be done in a healthy way. That's kind of, um, at least that's the hope. It's, it's amazing. When I, uh, when I got pregnant with Gabriel, I started to look up. And then again, when I was um, starting this brand with Kaina, Kaina, we started to look up different cultures and different, um, not just places in our 
world now geographically, but like different times and like how they raise kids and, and to what purpose. Um, and what really was like clear is like, we are struggling as parents. Like we have this identity crisis now that we're parents, like what happens to us? Like, I don't know if it's the rose colored glasses, but I feel like when we look back on other generations or when I talk to my mom or my uh, aunts and uncles, I talk to my grandparents or, you know, second or third um, uncles and aunts. And we learn uh, like their problems were so different than ours. Ours are so mental. Um, we have yeah. the needs physically met and it, it doesn't necessarily mean our lives are easier or better. It actually is almost a higher level challenge that that um, requires a higher level of thinking to work through. Um, but to your point, which is so eloquently, eloquently said as always, this is where we are. This is where we find ourselves. And so how do we as a society do that in a graceful way that can be playful and fun? Um, and I think even just having conversations like this or just listening to it, you're, you're already starting to heal that divide just by giving um, men a, a way to say, wow, this is very easy to just talk about conversationally because uh, I think women want to hear it. I would, I know when, when my husband comes to me with these things, I want to know so I can learn to love him better. It's not a confrontational mm -hmm. component. It's a, how do we serve each other? And you have to, and that's just not even a spouse thing that happens with your children and um, sometimes being vulnerable. Like if I'm really frustrated, I'll, I'll break down and crying sometimes. I'm like, I just feel like I'm failing you and I don't know what to do. And I don't want to result to screaming at you. So mm -hmm. I don't know. And then in that moment, they go from whatever their state of anger or upsetness to just empathy. And it's just, wow. It's like, that was different than I thought I had to do, but the result was way better. <laughs> it's crazy. But that's, you just touched, I think in the beginning when we were, you know, just chatting before this, uh, you, you mentioned like if I had a piece of advice or something like that, and I, I scribbled down empathy because that was really, I think what a lot comes down to. And again, in this hyper wired reactive world that we live in, I think sometimes we lose the empathy part. Wow. Um, and that, you know, might sound a little trite, but that's, I think that's what we need more of. No, I think it's great. I love it. Um, before we wrap, there's one other thing I wanted to touch on. And I think it's always interesting and fun just to learn from different people's perspectives, whether that's like the, the dad thing, the, you know, your, your family role or um, where you come from or your, you know, what industry that you serve. So you talk a lot about um, your parents and uh, I know in conversations past, it's, it's near and dear in your heart. Like what are some of the things that you have done to help um, with your daughter and your parents maybe having a good connection or just that older um, golden generation in, in general to help keep them top of mind and, and in your heart? Because I think, uh, as we stated earlier, I just think that's something that's really missing and I'd love to hear your yeah. perspective on it. Yeah, I mean, that's the, uh, that's such a great question. And, you know, just I'll say I haven't really figured <laughs> I'm still figuring it out as, as we speak, because, you know, so um, I'm a first generation immigrant. Right. So my family came from Ukraine when I was still in you know, my daughter's age, actually. Wow. Uh, so I grew up here in New York um, in the U.S. Um, my parents assimilated, you know, I think pretty well uh, to, to the U.S. Um, but there's still that uh, not there's different uh, divides or like different points of like where they remember their childhood, they remember my childhood, and now they're seeing 
my daughter's childhood. So some of it is somewhat comically, you know, the typical immigrant stuff like, oh, when I was your age, I had to walk 50 miles to get to the school. And now you're like, you know, you, you take a train or you get a drive. <laughs> right. Uh, some of it is more like emotional of um, kind of, uh, you know, my daughter now is a kid who has been, you know, grown up, growing up in 2023. She you know, rightfully so feels that she has the right to express herself or, you know, and I encourage her to express her opinions. Uh, my parents or grandparents may, you know, not sometimes are like, oh, wow, like, uh, it would never occur to us that a 10 year old can just like, say like, no, you're wrong, grandfather, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so that's always an interesting, uh, always an interesting conversation. Um, I think so part of it is culture, part of it is language. My daughter, um, is trying to relearn, you know, to speak uh, Russian. Uh, so, you know, she has Duolingo and, you know, so she's practicing more with her grandparents. So That's awesome. I think time spent together, I think I say all this like very cerebral stuff just now that I rattled off, but like now that I think of it, um, it's really about time spent together. And because my parents, you know, we're not living in the same, like I mentioned earlier, we're not in the one household, right? Fortunately, we're in one tri-state area. So we, you know, we could take a hour drive or so, but still like when you think about it, we only see each other a handful of times in the year. And that I think is, I think that could be better. Let's just say it that way. And I think that's really what it comes down to. It's not about, hey, here's a new framework for engaging between a daughter and a grandparent, right? It's really about like, hey, how can we just co-locate and spend time together and i realize that's really tough these days yeah. because everyone is living apart but i think that's really what it comes down to because then you have the empathy and you have the emotional connection without having to verbalize it without having like fancy words for it you're just there you're living together you're seeing each other um through different life stages and you're just connected to your point earlier right it's not a top down or it's not like a forced approach it's just yeah. very it's very organic it makes me think too about what you said with everyone just feeling very isolated. Like I especially think about that generation, especially if they're older and like a spouse has passed on and they're home so often and they're just, you know, whatever that is for them, TV or knitting or like whatever insert hobby. Um, and it, it kind of breaks my heart to think about that. And then you have the teenage and the preteen and the children population who could so benefit from that time and i think you nailed it with quality it's just quality time quality time without a phone like mm -hmm. just get, you know walking on the like you know kids and um grandparents tend to have very similar like cadences and like you know mm -hmm. um like just allowing them to see that i just feel in general that connection piece would help so much with the empathy without having to like force it just to understand someone's perspective because you did a puzzle together or because you played bingo or shuffleboard or you took a walk and you know you talked about the birds and I, whatever that is man i'm really glad you mentioned that i have i want to do a much better job um that's yeah for i think like me and you right um like i i think about that a lot and i feel like i always uh wish i could have done more right when i was you know growing up with my you know i was fortunate to have grandparents and two great grandmothers who lived to like very old age but i wish you know we could have done more you know being there you know for each other i think it's hard these days right and i think that's one of those things that um we have to change i was just um chatting with an entrepreneur um and a coach and he has a, a foundation called 18 summers 
And um, mm. he mentioned that statistically 85, this is, this is heart-wrenching, just hearing it makes me want to cry. 85% of the time you'll ever spend with your children is done after their 18th summer. The rest of that time is bits and pieces here and there for the rest, you know, 18 plus years. It's 80 something years. And in that yeah. time, now I'm going to go cry. <laughs> and, and then I think about our, our grandparents too, with that, you know, yeah. they're living proof of that, right? Like we see them a few times. We see our parents a few times a year. We see yeah. our grandparents once, you know, I see my, my parents every week or so, but my grandparents two or three times a year. That's, why like we're running and we're building these organizations and we're building these skyscrapers and it's like because we don't feel fulfilled and then there's fulfillment right in front of us so mm. I, I really appreciate this conversation because it has caused me to pause and really reflect and i'm looking forward to you know putting some changes into my own life to just bring that real connection back because i think once you do that everything else just happens much more naturally it's this beautiful and, and I think to draw this full circle, right, to entrepreneurship and what we're doing um, and family optimization, all of that, I think that's the beautiful thing about creating your own company versus working for, you know, like having a big corporate job in that you can actually, let me see if I can verbalize this. You can form the change through something that's more sustainable and um, like think about, you know, mighty morsels, right? You like think about what brings families together. Food is a huge one, right? Especially in our cultures. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so if you're thinking like of different, you know, so food could be one, right? Uh, I don't know, maybe makeup or like DIY activities could be another. Um, but it's really kind of thinking through, I guess what I was trying to say is that through entrepreneurship, it gives you more agency. Agency. over how you build your life and how you hopefully, you know, surround yourself with family or things like that. So I guess more than, you know, just like you're working for someone else and you have less agency over your own time, over your own location, et cetera. I love that. And I would yeah. um, make that synonymous with resourcefulness. You yeah. have um, developed or, you know, they used to say the kids cut their teeth. I feel like that there's not a better, there's not a better, um, analogy for entrepreneurs because it feels like you're trying to break through skin the entire time <laughs> but it's like you're cutting these uh you're cutting out these skills and now that you have them in one area you can choose to use them for good and you apply them in other areas of your life mm. so i think those are incredible things to teach our kids even if you are a teacher even if you're a public servant and you work at the fire firehouse um vadim and i both have a great friend that's a firefighter who's also an incredible entrepreneur and his children are going to get the benefit of both of those things yeah. um but it's just showing I, I took notes at the the conference that we were at and one thing I, I took away was if you fail forward in front of your children and you work through your limiting beliefs you're ensuring your children don't have them mm -hmm. I love that that was like damn so good for me um i love that so, uh, Vadim, I would love for you to tell us how people can get involved in your world, um, how they can become a customer of Blossom and Meme. I know you have some newer, uh, a newer line that's going to be released in the next few months. How do they get on a waiting list for those? Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, I am on the top of that list. I want to try and give them to Shekinah as well. Uh, how can we all get involved? Thank you so much. No, that's that's very generous. Um, I think really simple for now because we're we're just getting started. So they can go to blossombeam.com. So just two words, blossombeam.com. And there's an area there where they can drop their email and then they'll be on the 
email list and we'll be sure to update them as we develop the new you know batch of products yeah, exciting okay i'm gonna go do that right now i'll also put that in the link below um so we can uh we can be in the first round and i'm so excited please keep us uh keep us abreast of your progress and um let us know if there's anything we can do to support you. This was this was awesome. Uh, parents, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for being here. I, I'm so motivated by you guys and the notes that we get and um, just proud of us as a community and the change that our children are going to have because we're mindful. So thank you guys for being present. Thank you for showing up every day for yourselves. And just remember to have fun, right? Uh, your kids look to you for a lot of things, but I think the most important thing is just to have fun and play with them. If with nothing else, you have succeeded. Um, and it's a lot more fun for us too. And you guys deserve it because you're awesome people. So uh, again, thanks for being here until the next perfect time. Stay beautiful and stay inspired. Bye.